millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming to you live from the Small House Studios in Hollywood, California, this is World Soccer Talk Radio. Hello to all of you listening on our Sports Byline affiliates all across this great country. And thanks for subscribing to us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. I am your host, Nate Abarea, down here in the Los Angeles area for the CONCACAF Cup between the USA and Mexico just a few days away. Hope you enjoyed that goalkeeper special that we had for yesterday with Gary Bailey, the former Manchester United goalkeeper and current BN Sports analyst. And today we're talking all about USA Mexico. And we got one of the best U.S. soccer writers that you will find. Mr. Jeffrey Carlisle will be joining us in this edition of the show. But on Twitter over the last few days, all anyone's wanted to talk to me about is Mr. Brendan Rogers. You can get at me on Twitter, by the way, at NateWST. The sacking of Brendan Rogers at Liverpool. And I've been reading a lot of hate. A lot of hate, hate, hate in the Twitter sphere and blogs all across the world. You might remember back in August, we had Mike Calvin on the show, the author of Living on the Volcano, How to Survive as a Football Manager. And Mike Calvin said that when he wrote that book, he was really setting out to humanize an often dehumanized profession. In the past five years, Brendan Rogers helped Swansea City truly go from a jack to a king and make it to the Premier League. He left Swansea, he landed a dream job at Liverpool, and during his time at Liverpool, he came agonizingly close to being the manager that ended Liverpool's domestic title drought. And then it all went steadily downhill, ending with a 1-1 draw in this past Sunday's Merseyside Derby. In the past five years, Brendan Rodgers has also seen the death of both his mother and his father. He and his wife have got divorced, and he saw his only son through an eventual acquittal in a sexual assault case. Brendan Rodgers has been quoted as saying that the last five years of his life have been the most traumatic five years of his life. He's also been quoted as saying that they've been the most amazing and rewarding five years of his life. Brendan Rodgers is a human being, and his career is in managing soccer teams. Like 99% of relationships in this world, this one between Liverpool and Brendan Rodgers didn't last forever, and it was certainly time to move on. We'll see if Jurgen Klopp comes to Anfield and takes over Liverpool. But all I can say right now as we head to our first break here on World Soccer Talk Radio, cheers to you, Brendan. 
I know we haven't seen the last of you. Thanks for your time at Liverpool Football Club. Back with Jeffrey Carlisle on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app. Get the games. And get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime. Anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Geico presents Kathy, the candid realtor. Okay, and right around here is the kitchen. Gas range, granite countertops, all those gadgets you registered for will look great up here until that toaster overheats and takes out everything in a two-foot radius. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. World Soccer Talk Radio, back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. It is a pleasure to welcome back to the show of ESPN FC, talking all about this upcoming CONCACAF Cup. Jeff Carlisle. Jeff, how you doing, sir? I'm good, Nate. How are you? Doing real good. So uh, what's the itinerary looking like for you this week? Uh, I head down tonight. Yeah, there's been a little bit of uh, availability with the U.S. team so far, but... Uh... I'll be heading down tonight, a uh, quick flight down from uh, the Bay Area, and uh, I'll be there through Sunday through all the craziness. Look forward to seeing you down here, and uh, you ready for 100 degrees uh, on, on Saturday in Pasadena? 
I saw the forecast. It's uh, it's looking pretty brutal. I don't know if that'll be the temperature come kickoff, but um, it's gonna it's gonna be a hot one. So uh, I don't think it'll be quite as bad as Manaus. I mean, that that was heat and humidity, so I think it'll be a little drier in LA. But uh, it's you know the conditions will, will pose a challenge, no doubt. Well, again, look forward to uh, seeing you down here and uh, seeing everybody in the uh, U.S. soccer landscape really descending uh, onto uh, into Los Angeles over the next few days and uh, all the preparations going into it, covering some of the practices, and then, of course, it all culminating with Saturday night against Mexico at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So you'd think if you go on to ESPN FC today, uh, you'd see some stuff uh, about you know headlines uh, about some of the European leagues, maybe some stuff about uh, this CONCACAF Cup you'd think would, would be big in there. Well, there is something big about this CONCACAF Cup, but it's not exactly what I was expecting. The big headline on ESPNFC.us uh, today, Landon Donovan coming out and saying, Klinsman should go if U.S. loses. It's just, it feels so juicy anytime the names Landon Donovan and Jurgen Klinsman are next to each other in anything. What are your thoughts on, on these comments going public from Landon Donovan that if, in Landon's opinion, if the, and it's, it's an opinion that is shared with many a people, I'm sure, but that if the U.S. lose this match, that Jurgen Klinsman should be sacked. What are your thoughts on all this, Jeff? I don't think what Landon said was was really all that out there. Um, you know, he, he did say that uh, you know Klinsman often talks about his players uh, performing in, in higher pressure environments where you know you can't go to the store if you lost at the weekend, you know, without you know being accosted by some fan. Um, you know, and he thinks that, that Jurgen should be held to the same standard, and I and I think that's true to a degree. Um, you know, for me, you know, the manner of the result is going to matter. I mean, you know, if, if the U.S. manages to lose this game on penalties, I, mean, I don't think there's going to be that much hue and cry that uh, that Jurgen Klinsmann should be fired. I mean, if they lose four nothing, then uh, then I think you'll see a, a little bit more momentum and a little bit more energy coming from the, the, the Klinsmann out crowd. I mean, I you know, I still don't think. Anything is going to change demonstrably. I mean, Jurgen Klinsmann basically has to answer to one person, and that's Sunil Gulati. And, and Gulati has been, you know, pretty pretty clear in his support and his his vision in terms of you know that this is a long term project. Um, you know, personally, I, I think Klinsmann has been able to insulate himself from a lot of that pressure by the fact that he's a technical director. Also, um, I think that was one of the the smartest things he ever did in, in terms of his U.S. Ten, uh, tenure was because, uh, you know, it, it basically you know, you've always got this this promise of success on the horizon and, uh, you know, short-term results, you know, kind of go into the background. I think there's good and there's bad in that. Um, you know, certainly I don't think the U.S. wants to copy Mexico and be changing managers, you know, every year or two. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, I would like to see Klinsman at least take a little bit more responsibility for some of the results. I mean, usually he's the one to kind of push this on the players and uh, and, and put it on their performance. Even in the Brazil game when he when he played Alejandro Bedoya way out of position and, and everyone could see it from the outset, um, you know, Klinsman was, was basically putting that on Bedoya. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think the pressure will increase. Um, I'm still stopping short of saying that Klinsman should be fired if he loses this game on Saturday. Well, absolutely, and use that phrase long-term project, and that's something that a lot of people need to look at, and look at Jurgen Klinsmann's work in Germany, and going back to a, a show where we had Raphael Honigstein on uh, on this show, uh, checking out 
what Jurgen did back in Germany and how it parallels what he's trying to do here in the U.S. and, and the relationship with Galati, the fact that he is the technical director. And, and I wonder sometimes, Jeff, and this is the last question on this, then I want to talk to you all about the squad and the game itself. Does the Klinsman out crowd do they realize any of this stuff? Do they realize the aspect of the technical director, the long-term project, the relationship with Galati, all the things that you just spelled out right there? Are they, are they blind to that, or do they choose to, to turn a blind eye to it? Well, I think there's some acknowledgement that, uh, you know, that there are some long-term aspects to this. But, uh, you know, what I see is a recognition that, you know, being the technical director is one thing, being the coach of the team is another, and a lot of times those are two very separate aims without a whole lot of overlap. Um, you know, I think you know some of my colleagues. I mean, I you know we talk about this all the time, and uh, you know there's there's an acknowledgement that yes, what he's trying to do is change things, but you know he, he's been in this job four years, and I, I think it's it's not unreasonable to expect there to have been a little more progress in terms of a style and in terms of, uh, you know, the, the manner in which the U.S. plays games. Uh, you know, that's not to say that it's expected that they're going to go out and beat Brazil and, and take the game to them. But, um, you know, certainly, you know, let's face it, the level of soccer in 2015 has not been all that impressive. And, and quite a bit of that has been against CONCACAF opponents. So I, I think... Uh, I don't know if it's the Klinsman out crowd, but I, I think there's some legitimate concerns out there with the direction that this team is headed. Well, and, and bouncing off the point that you just made, the soccer here in 2015 is definitely not above and beyond the soccer that was being played by the U.S. men's national team in 2011 when Jurgen took over this team and just focusing on the, the Klinsman era. So there's definitely two ways uh, to look at that thing. There's far more than there two ways. There's two sides to it, and uh, they, they definitely you can play devil's advocate uh, for, for both of them. Now, Jurgen has, again, raised a few eyebrows with his selection of even just the 23-man roster. And we've got only two minutes before we got to head to break, Jeff, so we'll break this down in depth uh, on the other side of this break. But in a, in a broad scope, what were your thoughts when you saw the, the 23-man roster and some of the names within this thing going into this Mexico clash? I wasn't overly surprised. It's a, it's a veteran-heavy uh, roster. And, and let's face it, this is a one-off. This is uh, a game where... You know, there's something at stake. Uh, you know, people can disagree as to how important the Confederations Cup is. I, I think it's one of those things that, that kind of nudges the program along. It's, it's, it's three games minimum against quality opponents. And, and certainly I think it, it helped the, the team to a degree back in, in 2009. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a minor setback, I think, when, when the U.S. didn't qualify at the last cycle. So, uh, so it's not surprising to me to, me to see Clemson go with, with this veteran lineup. Um, you know, obviously the, the big omission, I think, was, was Omar Gonzalez. Um, granted, he's not had the greatest run of it at club level, but, you know, when has that ever really mattered in terms of Jurgen Klinsmann uh, picking a team? I mean, we've seen countless examples of, of guys who haven't been necessarily doing well with their club and, and still getting called in. So, uh, you know, it's, and for me, it's, I think it's important that a guy like Matt Beasler is back in there. And I, I have a, a strong sense that he's going to start on Saturday. And, you know, I think throughout the summer, obviously, there's been a lot of concern about the play of the back line and, in particular, the center of defense. And I, I think they really missed – 
some experience out there. And even in the last cycle, when say Carlos Bocanegra was being phased out, you know that you know there was still there were still some experienced guys. You still had guys like Clarence Goodson to kind of you know carry the baton a little bit and, until you know you know it, you know the next generation steps to the fore. So uh, you know I think that's what was missing at the Gold Cup, and I think it's a good thing that a guy like Matt Beasley is back in the fold, and and also Jeff Cameron as well. We're here with Jeff Carlisle of ESPN SC talking all about the U.S. men's national team. Who will Jurgen put on that final team sheet come Saturday? We'll talk all about that on the other side of this break. Who's going to play goalkeeper? Will it be Brad Guzan? Will it be Tim Howard? Who's going to start in the back line? Will names like Danny Williams and Jossie Zardes play a factor in this match against Mexico? How will Clint Dempsey and Josie Altador fare? We're talking Bradley. We're talking Jones. We're talking USA Mexico. It's World Soccer Talk Radio. Nate Abarea and Jeff Carlisle here with you. Stay tuned. Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for. FreeSoccerTrial.com With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to Go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Geico presents Kathy, the Candid Realtor. 
Okay, and right around here is the kitchen. Gas range, granite countertops, all those gadgets you registered for will look great up here until that toaster overheats and takes out everything in a two-foot radius. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. And again, subscribe to us in podcast form. If you're already doing that, then tell a friend to do that. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the website, of course, WorldSoccerTalk.com. My name is Nate Abarea, joined by Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC. All right, it is time to... Take a little look deeper into Saturday. We're talking U.S. lineup. We'll start, where else? We'll start in goal, Jeff. And this is a, a two-part question. Brad Guzan or Tim Howard? Jeff Carlisle, who would you start if you were in charge? That's part one. And then part two, I'm sure you know where we're going with this. Who will start? Uh, well, I think my answer would be the same. Uh, I think you'd have to put Brad Guzan in there. Um, you know, it's... It's always tricky when a player takes an international break. Um, you know, not to say that you know Landon Donovan and, and Tim Howard situations were identical, but uh, you know Howard did take his break away from the national team, and you know I think uh, you know for the most part Brad Guzan has, uh, has has deserved to keep his spot. I mean, everybody remembers the game against Jamaica. Um, he obviously had he had the critical error there. Uh, with the with the, the the foul at the top of the box and the handball, but um, I think for the most part he has he has played well enough to keep his spot. Um, certainly, you know we'll see what happens down the road with Tim Howard, but um, you know I, I think Brad Guzan, you know he, he plays in the Premier League, you know he's, he's won his spot back at Villa. Uh, when it looked for a while like you know he might might have to move on, uh, given that he was benched at the end of last season, but he, you know he's gotten his spot back and. You know, I, I certainly uh, think he's more than capable of, of getting the job done. I mean, I think people kind of forget a little bit that last cycle, uh, you know, when Howard was injured, it was Guzan who went in there and, and got the nil-nil, if memory serves. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's played in a lot of big games, uh, both for club and country, and I, I think he's more than equal to the task to, to help the U.S. get a result. Jeff, I had this written down right here on my show sheet today because everyone's talking about uh, – who they want to see on the field in this game against Mexico. They want to see guys with the best head-to-head past experiences against Mexico. You want to see the guys that when you think of memories of them playing against Mexico, they're outstanding memories. And, and the first memory that I have of Brad, when I think Brad Guzan against Mexico, is a stunning performance in Azteca to get that nil-nil draw back in the spring of 2013. And funny enough, when I think Tim Howard against Mexico, I think of him crawling at the feet of Giovanni Dos Santos and, and getting four put past him at the Rose Bowl of all places back in 2011. Now, you touched on something really interesting there, and we opened the show by, by talking about Landon Donovan making public comments, and, and I joke saying that, you know, anytime Landon Donovan and, and Jurgen Klinsmann's names are together, there's just this juicy, kind of almost gossipy feel to it, and you feel like there's still some resentment left there. 
is there any resentment towards Tim Howard left uh, with Jurgen Klinsmann, do you think? I mean, he's brought him back in to the 23-man squad, but is there anything left over of, of hey, you're not above me, you don't get to just take a, an international sabbatical? Because it, it seemed as if there was clearly some of that with Landon. Do you think there's any of that left over uh, with Howard as he comes back into the fold of, of the U.S. team? No, not at all. Um, you know, I think... You know, Howard was very upfront and very clear about why he was doing this. I mean, he kind of wanted to use those international breaks to, to spend a little bit more time with his children who are living in the United States and not living with him in England. And so, and don't forget, I mean, you know, Tim Howard was still playing, uh, still playing club ball at a very, you know, for, uh, a good team and in a in a very competitive league. I mean, some would say the most competitive. Um, so it, it was it, the situation was a little bit different. I don't know if there was any resentment, but I, I think whenever you're in that kind of situation, it is important for the player coming back to earn his spot back. I mean, he, he has to you know come in and kind of pay his dues a little bit. And you know, even with Landon Donovan, I think you saw Clinton do that when uh, he came in for the Gold Cup. That was. You know, otherwise, you know, largely kind of a reserve-laden squad that, that won that title in 2013. So, uh, and, you know, and Donovan wanted to come back early and play in some World Cup qualifiers around that time. And, and you know, Klinsman said, you know, hey, you know, hold on, you know, this, this has to be a process. And I, I think uh, there was a lot of support for the way Jurgen Klinsman handled that part of, of his situation with Landon Donovan. Later on, it became a little bit more divisive. But I think as it relates to Tim Howard, I don't think there's any resentment or bitterness on the part of, of Jurgen Klinsmann. I think he's just, uh, I think he wants to honor the work that Brad Guzan has done. And, uh, well, at the same time saying, yeah, Tim Howard, you know, come back. Cause, uh, you know, having two world-class goalkeepers in your squad like Guzan and Howard is, is definitely a, a strength. And, uh, you know, certainly Jurgen Klinsmann wants to, to benefit from that. And Jeff, as you've pointed out, and I want to make it abundantly clear right now that it's so, so important to assess the individual case and not start painting with, with broad strokes. And it's so important to point out that Landon Donovan's situation and Tim Howard's situation are oh so slightly related. They are oh so different in a, a multitude of ways, and it's oh so important to assess the individual case. And so we're talking about this one with Tim Howard and Jurgen Klinsmann. So Jeff Carlisle says Brad Guzan to start on Saturday. What do you say? Get at me at NateWST and get at all of us at World Soccer Talk on Twitter. Let us know who you think should be starting in goal for the Yanks on Saturday against L3. Alright, in the five minutes that we've got left here in this segment, Jeff. I want to talk all about the back line. We, we brought up the names Jeff Cameron and Matt Beasler a little bit earlier in the show. That's who I want to see at center back. I want to see Jeff Cameron and Matt Beasler, and then I'd like to see Fabian Johnson and DeAndre Yedlin uh, in, in on the outsides. It seems pretty sensible, but are we going to show up to the Rose Bowl on Saturday and see Ventura Alvarado starting at center back and, and Demarcus Beasley at left back? Or is it going to be, is it going to be done in, in the sensible fashion with the, the sensible selections in there? Is Jurgen going to come up with something crazy for this back line against Mexico? Well, I don't think you can get much more sensible than reverting to the back line that, that started the first two World Cup games last summer. So, I mean, that would be Beasler and Cameron in the middle and, uh, Fabian Johnson and, uh, Demarcus Beasley, you know, at the outside back positions. You know, I think, um, it's, it's gonna take, 
you know some some cool heads out there. I mean, this is this is a game that's going to have a lot of pressure. Uh, it's going to be have a lot of hype, and I think uh, experience is, is definitely going to be a terrific asset to have. Um, that's not to say that I don't think we'll see DeAndre Yedlin on the field at all, but um, I think if he if he gets in the field, it will be as a sub. You know, maybe in a midfield role that we've seen him occupy in some of the previous friendlies. Uh, and, and also, uh, you know, earlier in the summer as well. So I, I think uh, I think that's the four that you're going to see. Um, you know, people talk about age, and certainly uh, Demarcus Beasley doesn't want to go out on the, on the low like he did uh, in the Gold Cup. But you know, when uh, you know they had that game against Panama. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the back four that you're going to see. And I I think <laughs> Jurgen Klinsmann has tinkered around and and experimented with his back four so much. You know, you hope that there will be a little bit of chemistry between those four guys. You know, some, you know, just being able to to leverage their, their time together a year ago. You know, at the World Cup. Uh, so I think that's that's the group that you're going to see, and I, I think it's, it's a pretty sensible decision, in my opinion. Jeff, the the, the Cameron and Beasler partnership is is the most spot-on, no-brainer selection, I think, that, that Jurgen could have. Uh, as far as the, the outside backs, I think that's there's definitely some, some room for debate. I've always liked DeAndre Yedlin actually playing as a, as a right back and being able to uh, attack up and down the right side and defend as a right back, but you have Fabian Johnson at right back and Demarcus Beasley uh, at, at left back, the same uh, first two games of the World Cup uh, starting back line with those four. Okay, well, assuming it's those four what are you most worried what or who are you most worried about in relation uh to mexico's attack in this game well i would say you know it looks like andres gardado is going to be you know healthy and i mean certainly he's a guy to look out for and carlos vela as well um you know giovanni dos santos is not going to be there so i think the u.s catches a, a bit of a break um he hasn't always excelled against the u.s team but you know, everyone remembers that that goal in the Rose Bowl. Uh, what was it four years ago? That that was so spectacular. So, you know, certainly those are our guys to watch. Um, I'm not even really so concerned about individual players as it is, you know, the unit. And certainly that requires some some screening of the back four as well. And that's why I think Kyle Beckerman will be on the field. But uh, you know, just how cohesive are these guys going to be? And uh, you know, they'll obviously have a week of practice, um, so it's not like a situation where they, they fly in, maybe they practice once or twice, and you know, and then they have to play the game, so they'll have a little bit more time. But uh, you know, it's my, my concern is, you know, how, much, how cohesive are they going to be? I, I think if Clinton plays that back four, he's maximizing, you know, the, the amount of chemistry that he's going to have on the field. But, again, you know, these guys have not played together in a while, so, uh, you know, there's, there's that concern. So, uh, again, my... My concern is about the team shape and, and the ability of these guys to play together, not so much the individuals. Jeff, we've got 60 seconds before we got to head to break. You see Kyle Beckerman starting in this match against Mexico. I do. Um, I mean, I, I think this is going to have a very much a, a U.S. versus Ghana type feel in terms of the lineup. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of the same guys. I think there are some questions about how Klinsman wants to approach his midfield. But, uh, you know, I, I think Beckerman is a guy that uh, he's had good performances against Mexico in the past. I mean, you talked about, you know, Guzan and, and having those, uh, those, those, those good memories, that, that good history, you know, playing against Del Tree. And so uh, I, I think, you know, Kyle Beckerman is a guy who, who has that. And, 
you know, he, he's been on the field for, for some big games against Mexico. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that just with his positioning, he's, he's kind of a stay-at-home type, and especially if you have Jermaine Jones on the field, I think you just need that, that midfield anchor. That guy is always going to be there and, and, again, provide a little bit of support for the back line. Talking about the midfield, talking about the attack, talking a little bit more about this USA-Mexico clash. On the other side of this break, Nate Abarea here with Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC. World Soccer Talk Radio is with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. Howdy folks, Colonel Sanders here. Time to shake off that boring old weekend and get back to the excitement of labor. You're going to need a good lunch though, so stop into a KFC for a $5 fill-up with two pieces of original recipe chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, a biscuit, a cookie, and a medium drink. Okay then, I'll let you get back to work now. KFC, it's finger-licking good. Drum thigh side cookie medium drink. Pricing and participation may vary. Tax extra. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like they did for these Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can have your website built for free and up and running in as little as seven days. Plus, promote your site on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call now to get your website built for free. For free. If after 30 days you're happy with your new website, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for just one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call 855-254-SITE. 855-254-SITE. 855-254-7483. Or go to web.com slash radio. There is no upfront charge for building the website after which the ongoing fee applies. Rights to the website are relinquished upon cancellation unless otherwise purchased. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves. And the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Right now, the Home Depot has Pergo XP Haley Oak Laminate Flooring for just $2.29 a square foot. Basic installation is just $0.89 a square foot. So, let's lay down a floor that stands up to our lives, with double the durability of regular laminate and just as beautiful as real wood. Let's do this with Pergo XP Haley Oak Laminate for $2.29. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only installation offer valid on laminates over 150 square foot with minimum purchase of 250 square feet. Barrea 
and Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio talking all about the CONCACAF Cup USA-Mexico at the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, Saturday night. Jeff will be down in L.A. in a matter of hours. I'm already down here in the Hollywood area. I'll be heading over to Pasadena and over to Irvine and Santa Monica in the next few days, soaking in the SoCal sunshine. And in case you haven't seen the forecast, we talked about it earlier in the program. It's said to be 100 degrees on Saturday in Pasadena, and hopefully it will cool down a little bit by kickoff time. Jeff, you and I always talk about soccer being a team game, and especially in regards to this U.S. team and the point that you just made about Mexico and their potential going forward. That It's all about the team. It's all about the system. Okay, with all that being said, from a U.S. vantage point coming into this Saturday, who's going to be that? guy who's going to be the difference maker maybe a couple of difference makers to step up and really take it upon themselves to make sure that the u.s win this game if you had to peg one or two players who would they be for the u.s well i would pick quint dempsey i mean he's a he's the guy that really makes the attack go um you know he's i think we saw the gold cup you know this past summer just how dependent the u.s remains you know on, on his skills and and his ability to, to kind of pull out the unexpected. Um, I think he'll be paired up top with Josie Altador, and I, I think it's, you know, a good sign to see Altador, you know, start to, to get the goals again at club level. I mean, obviously he's had some, some issues in terms of uh, injury, and obviously uh, he, he spoke, you know, to me the, uh, about a week ago about, you know, some personal problems that he's been having to deal with as well. But you know, it seems like mentally and physically he's in a good place. But, again, I, I think it's, it's really about Clint Dempsey, you know, kind of being able to provide that conduit, you know, in, in the attacking third, you know, you know, taking passes from, uh, you know, say a Jermaine Jones or even from the back line and, 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 just, and being able to, to create things. So, uh, you know, in the past, I've always thought he was more of a guy to kind of get on the end of things, to kind of finish off plays. But uh, I think in this team, uh, you know, his ability to beat guys off the dribble, you know, to, to pick out a clever pass, I, I think the U.S. is going to have to rely on that. And so it's certainly in an attacking sense, I think Dempsey is a guy that's really going to have to step up. Everywhere I go, everywhere I travel, I always carry uh, my book of football cliches. We had the author uh, Adam Hurry on the show back uh, a couple of months ago. And one of my favorites uh, within this book, and this is a universal sports cliche, but the, the monkey on the back, the, the, the pressure on the shoulders, the, the chip on the shoulder. And for Clint Dempsey, the monkey on the back is that he's never scored a goal against Mexico, Jeff. Yeah, that is an amazing stat. I mean, that was brought to my attention uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's it's kind of stunning because he's scored so many big goals for the U.S. I mean, he's a guy who's, who's scored in you know three different World Cups, and 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 always uh, you know for the last you know eight, nine, ten years or so, he, he's been a mainstay for the, for the U.S. national team. And so it's amazing to me to see or to hear that uh, you know he's never gotten a goal against Mexico. Um, certainly, he's been on the field for some of those games. Uh, but you know, it always seemed like Landon Donovan was was always the the L tree killer. But uh, you know, it, that is an amazing stat. But I and I think that would be an amazing kind of capstone, if you will, in Dempsey's career if he were to get a goal in this game. Uh, not to you know really imply that he's done or close to being done. I you know, Clinton talked about guys over thirty kind of being uh, you know this may be their, their swan song. But I I think Dempsey's going to be sticking around for for quite a while longer. And uh, you know he. He's a big part of the team now, and I, I, I think he's, again, a guy that's going to have to deliver on Sunday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. 
Got to move back to the midfield, Jeff, and first talk about Jermaine Jones, who's a guy that you say you think he'll be there kind of partnering up with Kyle Beckerman and holding down uh, that midfield and providing a little bit of protection uh, for, for that back four. Jermaine Jones, to put it lightly, was poor uh, against Brazil. There were many U.S. players who were who were poor against Brazil. There were only a couple, I thought, who even had marginally good games in, in that Brazil affair uh, back in September. However, Jermaine Jones walking off the pitch also snubbed Jurgen Klinsmann and looked very uh, pissed off at being the fact that he was being removed from this game. And there's been a lot of curiosity about Jermaine Jones, his legs right now now at the end of, of a major league soccer season does he seem like he's tired is the as the the mls calendar kind of thrown off his his equilibrium his soccer equilibrium and in, in, in all in all seriousness how are you feeling about jermaine uh, as an individual and how he fits in uh, with the squad going into this game jeff well i don't think he's necessarily tired um i mean this is a guy who's had a couple hernia surgeries uh, in this calendar year, so it's um, so if anything, I mean, I think it's you know, it, I mean, lack of fitness can come in in some different forms, but I, I think it's more him just trying to to get back uh, in his rhythm, to use a, a Klinsman cliche, um, you know, just to kind of get used to playing 90 minutes again. I mean, he was still uh, had just come back when he he played those two games against Peru and, and Brazil, and actually Peru, I thought he. You know, after some early hiccups, I thought he, he did quite well and really kind of led led that comeback. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think he's still an important player. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to see Klinsman kind of abandon the whole, uh, you know, Jermaine Jones as a center back. I mean, I, I think it just it didn't play to his instincts. I mean, he, you know, uh, you know, I spoke with him, you know, right before the Brazil game, and he, he talked about how he he in midfield he likes to have a guy to cover for him so that he can. He can kind of freelance, and um, so I—I I don't know if it'll necessarily be him and Beckerman anchoring the middle. I, I think it'll be a little bit more like what we saw at the World Cup, where uh, you know he's kind of flared out to the left a little bit, you know, with, with Beckerman kind of being the dedicated guy to sit. You know, then then you have you know who knows what you have on the right side, whether it's Alejandro Bedoya or whether he goes with a Jazzy Zardes or DeAndre Yedlin. You know, and then you'll see uh, Michael Bradley kind of in that that more advanced midfield role. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I, intangibles are often, you know, I mean, the reason they're intangibles is because they're hard to quantify. But I think just in terms of leadership and in terms of experience, you know, I think uh, Jermaine Jones is the guy that Klinsman has, has come to rely on, and that's why I think you'll see him on the field. Uh, but I, I do think that, that Jermaine Jones is going to have to show more discipline than he showed, say, you know, in that game against Brazil because, you know, in that game, obviously, Alejandro Bedoy was playing in a holding role and an unfamiliar role for him. And so it was a little disappointing not to see Jermaine Jones kind of recognize that situation and maybe play a little bit more conservatively and instead of, you know, uh, you know, being kind of hyper-aggressive almost. So uh, I think you will see Jermaine Jones on the field. I think it will be a similar role to what we saw at the World Cup. But, again, he's going to have to play with a lot of discipline if the U.S. is going to come out on top. Well, Jeff, uh, when you talk about Jermaine Jones, you know, holding in the midfield, but then slightly floating out to the left and getting involved in the attack, all I can think about is uh, his goal uh, against Portugal and being able to cut back to his right foot uh, from from long distance. So I hope that that is what we see in terms of Jermaine Jones on the field. How about an absolute cracker at the Rose Bowl against Mexico? Wouldn't that be nice? You bring up the name Michael Bradley. 
a lot of people pointing to Michael Bradley as as someone who again has a lot of pressure on on their shoulders and and has a lot of critics right now. And again, not to make too big of a deal of this on an individual level. It's a team game. The U.S. will go as far as the the team spirit and team mentality and team intangibles take them. But personally, for Michael Bradley, how big of a game do you think this is on on Saturday night? Uh, it's big. Um, I, I would say he's had bigger. I mean, I, I think that you know any game at a World Cup is, is certainly going to be, be a bigger game. Um, you know, I, I do think that he's gotten a little bit better as the year has gone on in terms of playing in that advanced role. Uh, it hasn't always been. It, it, there's still some hiccups, I think, surrounding that. But um, and I, I do think sometimes he, he's his own worst enemy a little bit. I mean, the guy's able, he's so fit, and he's able to cover so much ground that I, I think, you know, sometimes that, 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 that's usually a sign that things aren't going well for the U.S. when he has to cover that much ground and he has to cover for other people. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, on Saturday the U.S. is going to have to trust that the guys like Beckerman are going to get the job done defensively. And, you know, Bedoya is very conscientious tracking back. I mean, you know, certainly a lot was made of that game against Brazil, uh, you know, but when he plays on the wing, you know, he, he puts in the work. You know, he, he puts in the, in the miles, and, and he's, he's the kind of guy who, who will take care of his defensive responsibilities. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, that should leave Bradley uh, a little freer to, to kind of combine with guys like Alphazor and Dempsey and to kind of spark the attack a little bit. Um, we've seen well, Jeff, that, that's the Bradley, one. That, that's, yeah, and I think that... it's back to that game against Mexico, what was it, a year ago last April, uh, where he was just otherworldly for a half. And, uh, but then there have been some moments of struggle as well, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, the game you're referencing was the one where Miguel Herrera came out publicly and said that Michael Bradley was the best player on, on planet Earth uh, in, in that first half. He was, and we've seen glimpses of absolute brilliance from Michael Bradley, even in the time since he's come back uh, and, and played for Toronto. Not as many as we were seeing uh, when he was back uh, playing in, in Serie A, but... We, we've still seen glimpses of, of the Michael Bradley that Michael Bradley can be, but you bring up something there that, that really, really gets my brain going, and it's a lot of other people that like really analyzing this U.S. attack and looking at the intricacies and looking at how players relate to one another. Bradley and Dempsey, that's the one for me, because we've had guests on this show who have said that they just simply can't play together. And I don't buy that. I think that's ridiculously over the top and, and extreme. I think they can play together, but I've also seen it be quite a struggle for them to play together and not, for lack of a better way to put it, Jeff, get in each other's way. How do you think that's going to play out uh, on Saturday with the role that you're expecting Michael Bradley to, to play in this game? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I, I think, you know, I think there are a couple issues at work here. I, I think, you know, I think Mexico is going to have more of the ball. I mean, that's the way it has traditionally tended to go. Um, and when that happens, a lot of times Dempsey will get frustrated and drop back, you know, into midfield. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but, you know, that tends to lead Josie Altador out on an island. And, and even if, you know, he holds the ball up for two or three seconds, you know, if guys are not doing a good job of transitioning into the attack and providing him with support, that could be a problem. And I've always maintained that the closer that Clint Dempsey is able to play to Josie Altador, the better off the U.S. is. Um, but again, you know, when, when the U.S. struggles to keep the ball, you know, Dempsey kind of, you know, takes it upon himself to, to go back and get his touches. In that moment, you know, certainly a guy like Michael Bradley or Alejandro Bedoya, you know, they need to, uh, they need to 
they're the guys that then need to provide Josie with that with that support. So uh, it's, it's a lot of recognition, I think. Um, I, I think you know Dempsey and Bradley can play together. Um, I, I, I think. Uh, you know, they certainly said, used to say the same thing about Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones. And, you know, I credit Klinsman for this. He kind of found a tactical tweak to get them both on the field and, and both excelling. And, you know, that meant relying on Kyle Beckerman to kind of be the dedicated holding guy. But, um, again, it, it's about recognition. And then I think Clint Dempsey kind of staying patient and kind of trusting that, you know, his team is going to be able to keep the ball for long enough stretches that the U.S. is able to provide an offensive threat. I, again, I don't expect them to have the majority of possession, but um, if they can keep it for some decent stretches and, and you know, at least make Mexico respect them, you know, respect their attack, then I think it's going to make everyone's lives a lot, e- lives a lot easier. So, uh, again, it's, it's going to be finding that balance, and I think Dempsey just staying patient and, and realizing that, hey, when he gets the ball, he's got to be in a position where he can combine with Altidore and vice versa. CONCACAF Cup spots in the 2017 Confederations Cup on the line, and a whole lot more that goes into this encounter. And simply put, it's USA, it's Mexico, it's in the Rose Bowl, Saturday, October the 10th. We'll be talking about it all week long here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Jeff, it's been great having you on in the the 60 seconds uh, before we got to let you go. Quick trip down jeff carlisle usa mexico memory lane what are some of the first few memories that pop into your brain the best ones when you think about this fantastic matchup wow um i mean this was back before i was a journalist but i mean the the 2002 world cup i remember being in a bar in palo alto and and watching the game uh late into the night and uh just uh i mean the tension was just almost unbearable and you know then you know, Donovan gets that goal to put the U.S. up too, and you think, hey, finally, you know, the U.S. is going to make a quarterfinal. And I remember thinking at the time, I, I might not see that in my lifetime. So, I mean, that was a huge moment. I think, um, you know, going to the Azteca, uh, you know, that was that was the one nil, the friendly that the U.S. won. That was an amazing result. Um, but I, you know, I, I mean, my first. Uh, World Cup qualifier against Mexico was at uh, Crew Stadium, and uh, two Michael Bradley goals uh, gave the U.S. a two nothing victory. And, and I remember the winds just whipping that night. I mean, that I was two story. two Michael Bradley goals in in a Columbus monsoon. I remember yeah. that game quite yeah. well. And uh, maybe it'll be two Michael Bradley goals in the Southern California scorching sunshine against Mexico on Saturday. We shall see. Jeff, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, look forward to seeing you down here in L.A. later this week. Absolutely, Nate. Thanks, man. Again, that was Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC. We're back to take the express train home after this right here on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even 
and eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the student loan hotline right now. 800-949-8707. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And your insurance may offer coverage. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214. Attention catheter users. Stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month. All at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. Another huge thank you to Jeff Carlisle of ESPN SC for joining us, breaking down the tactical side of the CONCACAF Cup, at least for the U.S. of A. Let us know your take on the show today at World Soccer Talk and tweet me at NateWST. Throughout that interesting stat that Clint Dempsey has never scored against Mexico, another good one, Chicharito Hernandez has never scored against the United States. We'll see if either of those change on Saturday night. And again, we'll be talking all about this game all week long. I'm down here at the small house studios in Hollywood, and I'll be over in uh, Santa Monica hanging out with Robin Burt and Nick Webster and hanging out in Pasadena getting ready for this game, floating all around the Los Angeles area. Great to be down here in beautiful Southern California. Special hello to someone listening to the show today. A former U.S. U18 stud and one of my favorites from Humboldt County, a player I used to coach who's now playing in the lower leagues over in France after a brief foray to Japan. Pia Kai Hankel, hope you're doing well, buddy. Great to hear from you. Great you're listening to the show. World Soccer Talk Radio signing off for the gaffer, for the producers. I'm Nate Abarea. Talk to you tomorrow.